0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com
1: Hello and welcome to a special Saturday edition of Coffeehouse Shots. I'm Natasha Froze and I'm joined by Katie Balls and we have a special guest, our Deputy Editor Freddie Gray.
0: Hello. (laughs) What an honor.
1: Today, we're going to be talking, we're going to go stateside, um, which we usually do on our Americano podcast. And we're going to be talking, first of all, about Trump's indictment. Freddie, um, how serious is this for Trump?
0: Well, in terms of his presidential campaign, possibly not that serious. I mean, even if he faces jail time, he will not stop running for the presidency. As I've said before, I think he'll use the sort of jailbird mugshot as his campaign poster. And as a lot of people are pointing out, it helps him in some ways. It, puts him, it thrusts him back into the national conversation in America. It excites its supporters, and it makes people who are sort of partial to Trump, which is a lot more people than other people might think, think that maybe he's right when he talks about the deep state. And it validates the narrative that he's always putting about that they're trying to stop him, they're trying to get him. Because I think any fair-minded person looking at this can see that it's politicised justice. It's a weaponisation of the justice system to get Trump. Why? Because there's countless different cases against Donald Trump. Now, you could say that's because he's a very dodgy person and you might have an argument. But it's also the case that in New York, the judicial area in which he's being indicted, the district attorney was elected on a promise that he was going to get Trump. The Attorney General of the state, Letitia James, she was elected on a promise that she was going to get Trump. So you have a justice system which has an explicit purpose. And the principle of justice is not that I find you, Natasha, I think you're a criminal and I'm going to find a crime that you're guilty of. It's that there's a crime and then I find you guilty of it if you are indeed guilty.
1: And um, how are the Democrats reacting to this news?
0: Well, quite interestingly, there's been a sort of certain amount of silence. There's not this sort of we finally got him thing, almost like a guilty silence coming from the Democratic side. I think because it is so clearly an egregious misuse of justice. And also, I think Democrats are very wary about, you know, actually killing Trump. The Biden team, Team Biden, the White House, they clearly want Trump to be in the frame of this upcoming election, presidential election 2024 because they want him to put off large numbers of voters, which he does, and they want him to rally their base. That's what they did in 2022 in the midterm elections, very much sort of using Trumpism as this bogeyman with which they can excite their voters.
1: Katie, for the Easter week, Joe Biden's going to be visiting the UK. It'll be his first visit to Rishi Sunak since he's become prime minister. How are relations between the US and the UK?
2: So I think all prime ministers quite enjoy the world stage part of their job because it tends to be less problematic less difficult in terms of managing various you know tribes in, in the parliamentary party and rishi sunak is no exception to this so the prospect of a joe biden visit i think is being treated in number 10 with some excitement um there's always a question about uh, you know what the Prime Minister's relationship with America would be. And, of course, you saw with Macron and recently the Franco-UK summit, an attempt to say it was, the bromance was back. I think coming in after Liz Truss and, of course, Boris Johnson, I do think there's a sense that Joe Biden, he has met Rishi Sinek times before, but this will be his first trip to the United Kingdom while Rishi Sinek is Prime Minister, there is more of an opportunity, I think, to work together. You got the impression, Freddie, did you ever pick up almost a sense of hostility between the White House and those trusts
0: definitely and Boris Johnson as well I remember I once asked Joe Biden about Boris Johnson and it, I had to ask a few times because he didn't really understand what I was saying but once finally <laughs> I think it's was that some, you or him it's, it was him it was he's, he's very old and doddery And finally, once it sank in, he sort of made some sort of... He sort of said, oh, Boris Johnson, and just mumbled something and then wandered off. I think there definitely was this sense that Brexit was a terrible thing. It was bad for Ireland. Biden takes great pride in his Irish roots. And that it was Britain's version of Trump.
2: And I think we can go back to the Windsor framework, which I do think we're at risk of probably an agreement that most people in the country have never heard of being, the Windsor framework has changed everything, you know, 10 more years. But... I think you can't underestimate its significance in a few ways. Obviously, there is the remaining issue that Joe Biden is coming over. This is ahead of a more formal 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement events. But yet, Stormont has not been returned. There is not currently power sharing, despite the Windsor Agreement and the DPMPs did vote against it. So that is a remaining aspect which has not gone to plan or at least to the pace that the government wants. But yet, the Windsor Framework has, I think, done something quite important in terms of the UK's place on the world stage, because it's not just the UK Franco Summit, which I think was possible in terms of some of the progress you can make on small boats, because the issue of the protocol has now been at least neutralised from the EU perspective. But also, I think, to Freddie's point, because Joe Biden places such importance on his own Irish roots. Mm. It was very much an issue that was making general relations harder to improve on. And I think the fact that Rishi Sunak is seen as a leader he managed to do something quite thorny on Brexit, which his predecessors either couldn't do or didn't want to do because they wanted to go for a more kind of confrontational route or the Northern Ireland Protocol bill, means that he's now in a better place when it comes to the special relationship.
0: Do you think Sunak's successfully bringing Britain in from the cold, diplomatically?
2: I think that... It's tricky sometimes because you don't understand like too much to become a cheerleader. But I do think when it comes to the world stage, there's actually quite a lot of good news at the moment for the UK Mm. in terms of how we are perceived. And a little bit of that goes back to Ukraine, where I think the fact that the UK has taken a leading stance, particularly when some EU countries have been much more, oh, how far should we go? Partly because of their own public opinion in the countries. I think that has helped the UK standing and it means the US is reminded that we're an important ally but then also I think more generally it's just an area partly because of the Windsor framework where it does feel as though that is where one arm of the post-Brexit UK plan is actually working in those things to point to Mm. and of course we're talking the day after the CPTPP announcement but I think that AUKUS Ukraine leadership Windsor framework the fact that we're no longer spending more of our time kind of having these fights, but instead trying to work with it, it is being noticed.
1: Freddie, Jeremy Hunt this week's been quite critical of Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. So is that something that will come up this week?
2: I'm very glad you asked
0: that, because this is a very important point, that Jeremy Hunt has sort of done something that Rishi Sunak has been hitherto unwilling to do, which is to criticise the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a big sore point between Europe and America, European leaders in America, because it's really attacking the European car industry. And it is a very protectionist measure from Joe Biden, almost Trumpist, you could say. So the fact that Jeremy Hunt was willing to go there and say that in The Times was quite striking. I wonder if Rishi Sunak and Biden will discuss it. I also wonder the extent to which Biden, you know, if they talk about the Windsor framework, Biden just sort of knows that he likes Ireland and he knows that he doesn't like Brexit. I'm not being rude about him because, you know, I do think he's canny when he's compus mentors, but I don't think he's going to be able to talk about, you know, the technicalities of the Windsor framework because um, not many people can. Katie, I'd be interested No, I mean, do you think Rishi Sunak will be willing to say to Biden the Inflation Reduction Act is a big problem for Britain?
2: I think we can talk about how robust the language would be, but I suspect that would be something that Rishi Sunak would be willing to talk about. I think there is a general approach, which is the Rishi Sunak approach, where they think that he can go about things in a slightly polite way, less confrontational by his predecessors. But those around him argue that just because you are being more polite and you know that's picking fights in public doesn't mean you're not then raising grievances. And if anything, it makes it easier for you to then raise those points. Mm. So Nicola Sturgeon clearly a different example than Joe Biden but for example when Rishi Sinek and Nicola Sturgeon had a working dinner just after Christmas mm. lots of people were saying you know, oh it's a charm offensive but I think the fact that they were more civil with one another than allowed over this dinner from people who I know have worked you know, with Boris Johnson others as well as Richard Sinek and Union Policy said he was much more across the detail and was happier to pick up saying well what about this on nurses pay mm. this is a problem and Nicola Sturgeon came back at that So I think that there is a willingness to raise these issues privately rather than publicly, and that's Mm. probably what will happen. And the other interesting thing with Rishi Sinek on foreign policy at the moment is there's definitely something about just getting all the advisors out of the room. So at the UK Franco Summit, you had Rishi Sinek and Emmanuel Macron talking with none of their advisors, Mm. and not one in the room. And then at the very end, I think they got their chief of staffs in. And I think you're seeing a bit more of that, which probably, if you think about it, means that if you follow the logic if you want to have a situation where there's not six people in the room watching your conversation and it's just leader to leader, that would in theory allow for a more robust conversation because it's much harder to leak it and get away with it.
1: Thank you, Freddie. Thank you, Katie. And thanks for listening.
0: Great pleasure.